The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting Management, or its sponsors. And we'd like to welcome you to another edition of Spotlight on Long Island Schools on 103.9 LI News Radio. Streaming live on the web at linewsradio.com. I'm your host, Bob Vecchio. Thanks for tuning in each and every week to hear about what's going on in our schools across Long Island. And, well, this week it's a special higher education edition of Spotlight on Long Island Schools. And we, we are so blessed that we have some great colleges and universities right here in our own backyard on Long Island. And, well... St. Joseph's College is one of them, and uh, we spoke with this gentleman several years ago at a college fair, Dr. Sean Robertson. He is the Associate Professor of Child Studies. Dr. Robertson, welcome back to Spotlight on Long Island Schools. Well, thank you, Bob. I appreciate you having me on today. I really appreciate it. Great. And, you know, I've been asking all my guests during this period of time before we get into the conversation at hand, how have you and your family been faring during uh, this, you know, unprecedented pandemic in our lifetime, certainly, uh, because the last time we met, we were in person, standing real close. And well, now we're doing it via Zoom and remote and social distancing. So how have you and your family fared so far? Well, first of all, uh, thank you for asking. Um, I appreciate that. My wife is um, actually a COVID nurse. Uh, so and she uh, works out at a Long Island Medical Center. And uh, so that was a very challenging time for us uh, as a family. All my kids, um, four children at home. Uh, going through all that social distancing and um, it was it was a challenge but thank God everything is uh, really slowing down now and uh, we made it through with um, only her getting COVID uh, but thank God she came through it fine and uh, she continues to serve on the front lines. Uh, You know I share something similar my son's a paramedic for Stony Brook and you know he told us very early on he goes mom and dad you know it's it's not if it's when and he was still living with us at the time. And again, he did get sick and mild flu-like symptoms, thank God, and was right back at it, right back on the front line. So the sacrifice and the worry that a parent and a spouse has, uh, I'm sure, you know, it was tough to deal with and a little scary at times. And I know he was nervous about older mom and dad getting what he got. And of course, a little different when you're a little bit older, but uh, thank her for her service. And, and thank you for your family shared sacrifice as well. And And I hope that She's taken time out for her mindfulness and her own personal wellness after going through uh, what had to be some traumatic times as well. Thank you. I appreciate that. So let's talk about St. Joe's and higher education. We have spent the last several episodes talking with public K through 12 school systems across Long Island. We've spoken with superintendents. We've spoken with administrators. We've spoken with uh, assembly people, and we've talked about the impact, the shutdown, how it you know, the education system literally pivoted on a dime when it went to 100% shutdown and went to a totally different model than most people are accustomed to. Uh, talk to us about St. Joe's and, and how you guys handled that at the time. Sure. Uh, well, like, like most of other institutions, we have people, faculty, uh, that were performing, I guess, you know, on, on multi-tiered levels in terms of we had some faculty who were low-tech and uh, really just did a lot of lecturing uh, face-to-face in the classroom. And so when it came time to make that sort of switch, it was very challenging uh, for some of them. And then we had uh, moderate users of what you call our learning management system uh, who, who use some online tools with students already. Uh, and then finally we had a, a group of really you know, high-level 
tech savvy faculty who were able to make that transition easily. And so um, luckily for us, we were well positioned to make the transition because we had a, a what you call a learning management system in place where students would be able to access content from any remote area. And so our IT and our instructional designers uh, created multiple uh, webinars, tools, and support um, sessions for faculty. And and that really helped us make the transition pretty seamlessly. Uh, People who who didn't know what to do were uh, really kind of brought up to speed very, very quickly in terms of we built shells out for faculty. uh, And shells are just basically uh, clear structures that faculty can then put content in so that students get access in an organized fashion uh, and the like. And we showed faculty who were not using uh, software to record their lectures, uh, how to do that effectively. And so uh, many faculty did that and put their lectures online for students who also had their own challenges. um, And and some who were not able to attend classes, uh, what we call synchronously. So so they weren't able to attend when class would necessarily normally have been held. and so there were recordings there for those students to be able to go back and, and watch what the professor uh, wanted to share with them. And then assignments would be embedded within um, that structure so the students could complete them remotely. And so we had a lot of support. Thank God we had a lot of support from our IT department. Uh, in fact, um, they were recognized, I believe, by the Chronicle of Higher Ed for uh, the structure. We did a, a, a site called Carry On Teaching and Learning. Uh, and and it was a very seamless thing. And so in addition to that, we built out some what we call tech chats uh, where we, we talked with other faculty about the challenges that they were having after we made the transition uh, to remote learning online. So just getting people up and running was one thing. But after everyone was up and running, then you run into I'm sure you've heard other uh, you know superintendents and the like talk about. The other challenges, once you get once you get it uh, online, then you have students dropping off. Then teachers are, are saying, well, how do I assess effectively? Um, I'm, I'm not quite sure how to do that. Uh, students, some students are dropping off. I'm trying to hold a live Zoom class and I want my students to break out and, and talk with each other. How do I do that? And so that was sort of the next level of, of um, technology. And so we were able to get there. Uh, we continue to support faculty in a multiplicity of ways in terms of IT and instructional design for their courses so that they're designing courses that are engaging for students, that are high quality and um, and effective. Well, that's a lot to take in. And, you know, as I've talked to public schools, K through 12, you know, online learning is nothing new for higher education because it's kind of intertwined with regular classes with in-person lectures, and then there's always been somewhat of an online component for a while. And again, we're talking to Dr. Sean Robertson. He is the uh, Associate Professor of Child Studies over at St. Joseph's College. Uh, For more information about St. Joseph's College, visit the website sjcny.edu. And Dr. St. Joseph's College turns out plenty of good, high-quality educators who go into K-12 education. What is the thought process about making sure that they are well-trained for what could be another shutdown and suddenly go from in-person learning to distant learning? Because again, 
I sit on a school board and, and some of our challenges, just like you saw at the college was the, the technology equity gap, right? Those that were used to teaching a certain way for the last 20 years and those that are a little more savvy with a flip classroom and Google classroom and canvas and all that. Uh, so what is the thought process with the college as far as making sure that the new crop of educators that come out are ready for that? Well, I think that's important. Uh, the first thing that we really do is um, we require them to take a technology class, particularly those students who are in, the, in our graduate program. Uh, and so I actually happen to be the professor that teaches that course. Uh, and we start with pedagogy. You know, how do you approach instruction uh, without technology? And then we start to talk about how you could transfer what you normally do into a technological activity. And so all of, all of the graduate students that come through uh, and some of the undergraduates as well have to be trained in a multiplicity of technology tools. So they, they, they are taught how to use, you know, Google Classroom, um, uh, Microsoft, um, OneNote Classroom, and, and a myriad of, of other technological tools so that they can engage their students uh, success, successfully and effectively. And so before they leave the college, they're able to uh, build digital units. They understand how to connect with students um, technologically and how to make the assignments engaging and appropriate for this you know, next generation. We're having a conversation with Dr. Sean Robinson, Associate Professor of Child Studies over at St. Joseph's College. And he's also the chair of the Faculty Tech Ed Committee. I think I got that right. Yep. And we're continuing our conversation about learning in the new environment post-pandemic, if you will, at a higher education level, and how some of those folks who go on to be educators themselves are going to carry that into the public schools. And I'm going to ask him his thoughts when we come back from the break about reimagined education, distant learning. Is there a place for a total distant learning, or is it still a hybrid of both? We're going to tap his brain and his expertise based on what he's seeing and what he's teaching his students and future teachers and future business leaders over at St. Joseph's College. Again, their website, sjcny.edu. You're listening to Spotlight on Long Island Schools on 103.9 LI News Radio. Streaming live on the web at linewsradio.com. Check out our Facebook page, Spotlight on Long Island Schools. That's your place to go. Suggest a program club or activity that your kids are involved in. And your school district may be the next one right here in our spotlight. And, and have no fear. School's coming back in September. We'll be back in the fall for higher education, for public education. Might be a little bit different, but we're going to get through it. So continue. This is a higher education system segment of Spotlight on Long Island Schools. We'll be right back after this. And we'd like to welcome you back to Spotlight on Long Island Schools on 103.9 LI News Radio. Catch us out on the web at linewsradio.com. This is Bob Vecchio. Once again, thanks for tuning in each and every week to hear about the amazing things that our kids are doing in schools across Long Island. Well, this week, it's not K-12. through We're talking a little higher education in one of the great educational establishments on Long Island. Well, St. Joe's College. Uh, campus right over in Patchogue, correct? Dr. Yep. Sean Robinson, yep. St. Joe's, for those of us that are public education advocates and have been in the educational establishment, St. Joe's is a high-quality uh, college for those that are thinking about becoming teachers. Uh, some of the teachers that come out of St. Joe's come out very well prepared. And we were talking about how St. Joe's had a pivot like the rest of the world with the pandemic. And, 
you know, finishing out their spring semester in a very different way. And they probably had the challenges with, well, how do we graduate our kids that are walking away? You know, everything was different. This there's really no sense of closure to this academic year, if you will, Dr. Robertson. Uh, what were some of the things that you did to help support the students uh, to make sure, A, they fulfilled what they needed to to complete their degrees, right? Otherwise, another semester, educational credits, cost. Uh, and then, you know, to kind of make that celebration, if you will, that accomplishment uh, special in a very unique and different way. Well, I think uh, for for us at the higher ed level, we provide a lot of support for students. And, and, you know, you heard the word be caring, you know, the words be caring, you know, a lot. Um, there was a lot going on and uh, it was a dangerous time. And so we just all wanted to show empathy to our students and make sure that they understood that we were there for them in, in every way uh, possible. So whether it was, okay, hey, you didn't, you didn't complete an assignment or it's, it's going to be turned in late, uh, that's okay. We could work around that uh, to uh, you need uh, support as far as borrowing a computer from the school. We loaned out uh, equipment in those ways to students who didn't have it and needed it uh, to providing, uh, you know, funding where necessary out of the, um, out of the, the CARES money that the college received to assist students who were struggling. So we, we did that to really make sure that our students were successful in the end, and especially those students who were graduating and completing their degrees, that they had the support to do so. We were talking about, um, you know, the educational establishment pivoting on a dime, and the governor of New York has talked about reimagined education, right? And that's mainly for K through 12, but it could have some implications for higher ed. What do you see coming down the road for public education compared to what's been done and kind of what this has kind of opened up Pandora's box a little bit about what can be further developed and what are your thoughts about distant education and where it's appropriate and where it could be applied and where really we shouldn't change too much. What are your thoughts on your view sitting in a chair of higher education, looking at the students that are coming to you from our public education systems? Where do you think it's going to be going? Well, I think uh, first and foremost, I think, you know, safety is going to be the number one issue and concern for teachers, uh, for faculty, for students as well. And so we want to make sure that however we choose to move on in education, that it's going to be one that's going to provide the safest possible uh, situations for everyone involved. Uh, We want to keep faculty safe. We want to keep students safe. Um, everyone involved, we want them to be healthy and, and to be able to, you know, live live a successful life. So um, as far as um, reimagining education, I think it has to do with scale, um, meaning that right now a lot of educators have sort of put their toe in the water for uh, developing, uh, engaging activities for students, and they'll have to learn how to scale that up digitally, uh, meaning, you know, designing educational experiences for students that are not only just, okay, I took a worksheet and I transferred that worksheet to make it a digital worksheet, but how can you make it so that it's an engaging experience for the students and that uh, students are still linking to things that are, you know, outside of the four walls, quote unquote, of the, of the schoolhouse. So they're connecting with the world, so to speak. Now we have the power of the world uh, behind us to help students engage in, real life projects um, and connect with 
people, individuals, businesses, and like that potentially they 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 will learn a lot from, and things that we haven't done in the past. But that's that being said, I think that uh, you know as far as you know you know K twelve is concerned, and like there's a lot of developmental uh, things to consider there as far as in person, right? Whether it's online or face to face. So being face to face, there's nothing like. Uh, that interaction for developing human beings, right? So we need those sort of connections. Now, how we're going to be able to do that effectively, we're going to have to see the the, the guidelines and the regulations. But certainly, I think that um, you know, educators, experts, all recognize that that students, kids, they need that interaction. Um, and and at the at the higher ed level, we are looking at lots of different models uh, to to accomplish that face-to-face, some hybrid, uh, some remote, and some online. And I think the, the the key word is going to be agile learning. Yeah, that's a great way of putting it, agile learning for sure. We're speaking with Dr. Sean Robertson, Associate Professor of Child Studies and also Chair of the Faculty Tech Ed Committee for St. Joseph's College. Again, sjcny.edu for more information. Great college. Again, if you're looking to get into uh, education. I know it's a very good school, and as well as uh, many, many other good programs over at the college. And we've been kind of tapping their brain as to how they pivoted and how they implemented technology in their learning, which has always kind of been in their playground and, and where they play. You know, you talked about student engagement before and that some of the faculty were struggling with how do I keep students engaged? And we heard the same thing from public educators when we went to distant learning. What were some of the tips or tricks or advice that you would give to try to track engagement or making sure? Because look, I'm Zoom meeting out, right? And, I, and it, when you're on a Zoom meeting, you're looking at your phone and then you're checking this. You're not paying attention as if you were in person sitting in front of a person who could look at you and say, I know you're not paying attention. What were some of the pieces of advice that you would give to your educators to make sure engagement levels were high and then how to recapture somebody that might've been lost. So I think, um, you know, one major tip is, uh, you know, don't become the sort of uh, sage on the stage, you know, monotone lecturer. Uh, that's, that's not going to work because the students are just going to blank their screens, <laughs> turn off their video and, and say, you know, Oh, I'll be back. Be back. Be right back. You know, BRB. Uh, you know, I'm headed to the bathroom or something like that. And, and, and you never know when they return uh, and the like. So uh, we've taken to using some strategies um, while you're alive, you're synchronous uh, to, to have students um, respond to you. So, for example, um, if I ask a particular question, I want them to respond um, in the group chat right there. So that I know that they're engaging. Or if I ask a question uh, to them, I could say, okay, who's here, who's present, and they'll, they'll type back a response. But one other really great thing that we do is build out breakout rooms. So um, you'll have an opportunity to, like, like we would in a, a face-to-face classroom, um, build rooms and students will go into these digital rooms and have conversations around content for the class together. And as a professor, you're able to uh, click in and join the conversation uh, or just listen in uh, and see, you know, how things are going. And if things are not going as they should, you could you could sort of remind people, ask them a question to get them back on track. And I find that um, allowing students to interact is the key to uh, engagement around the content. Uh, if, if we just 
sort of uh, speak uh, for an hour or whatever it is, uh, we're going to get a lot of blank screens, a lot of blank faces, uh, and, and students won't be engaged. So that, that's one of the techniques, I think, making sure that in a synchronous class that students are actively responding. And so another thing that we do is have students respond uh, via video. So instead of typing everything and writing, 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 they get tired of that, uh, especially if they have a bunch of courses that they're taking. Um, we, we use third-party solutions, and in um, our learning management system, students can respond to via video. So they'll respond to a prompt or, or um, explain something about the reading and then have video conversations with other students in the class. Uh, and I found that they're engaging the content well. And, and I think the technology platforms are going to uh, get better, too, because like you said, the breakout rooms, I was on a Zoom meeting where I was automatically put in a breakout room for a specified period of time and then brought back into the, it was the technology behind that was so cool. And it really made it interactive. And that's the key being interactive, whether it be online or in person, because you could be just as boring in person <laughs> as well. Dr. Sean Robertson, I want to thank you for your insights. Thanks for your input as well and your advice. And uh, all the best to you on the upcoming fall season and continue to do the great work you guys are doing over at St. Joseph's College. Thanks for joining us here. Well, thank you for having me and, and all the best to you guys too. Be safe. Great. And once again, St. Joseph's College, sjcny.edu for more information about what they offer and how it can benefit you and whatever your potential career will be. We want to thank you for listening to the Spotlight on Long Island Schools on 103.9 LI News Radio, out on the web at linewsradio.com. Like our Facebook page, Spotlight on Long Island Schools. That's your place to suggest a program, club, or activity that your kids are involved in. And your school district or your student may be the next one right here in our Spotlight. Thank you. The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting Management, or its sponsors.